Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. Our guest for the entire 15 minutes, Kevin Pritchard, the president of the Indiana Pacers. Thank you for taking the time, Kevin. Appreciate it very much. Let me start with a tough question. Who, what, was responsible for the four-game sweep against the Miami Heat? You know, for me, I really appreciated uh, Nate saying it was, you know, his responsibility, and I kind of feel uh, I appreciate him saying that. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, this is a team that uh, I put together from the coaches, from the players, and uh, so I appreciate Nate doing that, but it's my responsibility, and I'm not going to shirk those responsibilities. And uh, with that all being said, um, I like this group coming back. Uh, I think we have a foundation of good players. Do there need to be some changes made? Maybe. Um, but those won't be done without a lot of thought uh, behind it. And, uh, you know, we're excited for, for getting back to work, to getting into a draft, to getting into free agency and uh, getting prepared for the next season because, you know, uh, we don't know exactly when that's going to start, but, you know, time flies and we could be there faster than you know it. And we will be prepared because um, this is one of the biggest decisions in this uh, organization's um, time. We, we have to make a good decision on our next head coach and, and uh, draft in in the free agency and trade. So we're going to be prepared. That I can promise you. What led to Nate getting fired? You know, we want to be better than getting swept in the playoffs. And, um, you know, we were – our best game against them was nine points, and I remember that game. That that really didn't feel that close. So uh, I felt without uh, a couple of our players – that it was going to be tough, but I did feel like that there was a better chance to win one or two games uh, in that series. How big a voice did Herb Simon have in the firing of Nate? In any major move that this organization made makes, ultimately, I'm going to consult with Herb. Him and I have a daily dialogue, not only on the big decisions, but on the little ones. But at the end of the day, the buck stops with me. And so that was on me. Um, and it was my decision. Uh, and I take full responsibility for that. Um, Herb wants best. He pushes me. He pushes uh, our other managers. But, but if you guys all know Herb, um, he's got a very soft heart. And uh, didn't take this lightly when I recommended it to him. So it, it, it was me, put it on me, and that's my responsibility. 
What are you looking for in the next coach? What boxes absolutely have to be checked for you to say, yep, this is the guy? You know, a little bit of a, a modern approach. I think we have to figure out how to communicate better with these players. So communication would be probably my my top thing. Uh, playing a, a little bit more of a, a modern game. The game is changing and you kind of, you got to look to the future, maybe not playing exactly where, you know, teams are playing now and try to figure out what's going to be played. Look where the, the hockey puck is going, not so much where, where it is. Um, and, and, you know, uh, someone who can be a, a really good partner that uh, can grow into this position. Um, I'm not, I'm not ruling out uh, really anything right now. We could go, you know, with experience. We could go with an up and comer. We could go outside the box. I mean, we, we've already identified a few things and, you know, I know Chad and, and myself and, uh, you know, we, we, we tapped into Chris Ballard and, you know, he shared some things with us and, what they felt like was important in, in, in their hiring of their coach. And I thought that was some terrific feedback. Uh, look, I, I, don't, I don't have, um, you know, a, a here's a step-by-step thing because, you know, we all have our unique uh, strengths. Um, but really, uh, I, I do believe it's, it's a leader, number one, and a really good communicator. Uh, I feel like that, that coach has to communicate on the level of the players now. You have to figure out how to get to these players on their level, and I think we can find that guy. Some of the successful coaches in our league right now have made a commitment to do that. So it means we have to change. It means I have to look at things different, and I have to change first. So um, uh, we're, we're checking a few of those boxes, but but we also don't want to be, I guess, put in a box of what that guy is. I want to think uniquely. Can you go into next season without Victor Oladipo signed if you don't trade him? Victor and I have a good dialogue. Uh, we can, we are actually communicating yesterday. Um, you know, he has a year left. I think it's easy to jump the gun and say, oh, you have to do something. You have to do something. But for me... He has a year left. I want to have a great relationship with him. Um, but I also want to have a great relationship with all our guys. Uh, I do believe he made a huge sacrifice in coming back and playing. Can Domas and Miles play at the same time and have you guys be as successful as you want to be? Um, there's, there's, there's some teams now that, that are having success playing bigs at, uh, two bigs at a time. Yes, it is going smaller, but I'm really looking forward to studying what is successful right now and, and as you get deeper into the playoffs. And so I, I feel like we're really, really dialing into what is successful now. Uh, the one thing that hits me over my head when I'm, when I'm going through these decisions is when we talk to some of these players, um, I, I – 
it hasn't been truly exit meetings because I really wanted the guys to get away for a little bit and then we'll come back and we'll have some uh, good dialogues. But when talking to Miles and talking to Domas, both of them, the very first thing each other said was, I want to play with Domas and I want to play with Miles. We can make it work. And I was a little taken back about by that, but uh, I think they really appreciate each other's skill set. I think one can be a spread and one can be a post. And I think that they can do well. Uh, we're still studying the numbers. Um, but also, you know, as we go through this interview process, I'm going to learn from a lot of coaches on how they would play those guys or if it's important to, uh, to not have them. But when, when, when I'm going into this, uh, the first one of the first questions will be, how would you play with, you know, two bigs? And there's there's some coaches out there that probably have some unique thoughts on it and uh, may love it, may not. And so we're going to listen. You know, Kevin, you're only able to play. The roster is constructed for 86 total minutes this year. If you bring all those guys back, can that get you to where you need to be? Uh, I wish it had been a lot more. So, you know, one of the things we have to do is, you know, we have to try to project. It sucks. You know, sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. But when you look at it on paper, it fits. You know, you have a an attacking – you have two attacking guards who both can make plays for other people. And in my opinion, if you can get the best out of those, one of the things I, I, thought, I saw, thought I saw in the playoffs is, you know, Victor trying to get in the paint, getting in the paint and trying to get other people involved. And that, that plays into, you know, Malcolm's strength, which is his catch and shoot, you know, prior year, he was a a 50, 40, 90 guy. Uh, We put a lot of load on Malcolm this year, you know, usage rate was through the charts. And I think that if you can balance that out more, I think it'll look a lot better and it'll, it'll take away that major load of one person have to carry the offense. We have two playmakers and really we have three or four playmakers, you know, offensively, this team has a lot of talent. It's just, how can we get at that talent and then uh, emphasize that talent and reduce some of our weaknesses. But um, I'm excited to see, how a new coach would look at it. I'm excited to go through some interviews. I feel like we can learn uh, some things, but I I absolutely believe that, you know, if both those players uh, play at their top level and become not only scorers, but playmakers for each other, then they can be damn good. And that's exciting for me. Kevin, what resources do you have to upgrade the roster? You don't have a first-round pick right now. You've got limited cap space. What do you do? You know, there's three ways to make your team better. Uh, I'm not opposed that, that, you know, in the second round we can't get someone, but it is challenging. I'll give you that. Uh, you know, depending on where we are financially and, and what the, the league looks like, we should have our full mid-level. Uh, and ability to go, potentially an ability to go get a player. Uh, Justin means uh, a lot. He meant a lot to this organization. I can't say anything more about that or else, you know, uh, the fine 
plane master comes out and I'm not prepared for that. Um, and then you have the trade market. So uh, I, I think we'll look at all three. How hard is it to upgrade the roster without a ton of cap space? Uh, I would say this. Sometimes having cap space is great. And you go into a summer and you're thinking, man, I'm going to do all these things with the cap space. And July 4th happens and the players are gone. So uh, we made a very conscious decision last year to use our cap space and try to get some continuity in terms of players over the next couple of years. And that's the way we're aligned. Having the full mid-level in a normal year, it's a highly competitive market because teams that can really get after it, get after it, and teams that can't, tend to uh, go value shopping. I think we have an opportunity uh, with, with this, with our full mid-level, because you can, you, can, you can bifurcate your full mid-level. You can change out and, uh, you know, split it up and use it in a lot of creative ways. And so we'll challenge our guys and, and, and the staff and, you know, the – uh, our, our scouts to how would they break that up and who would you high prioritize and and uh, so I do believe but we have I wouldn't say a full roster but we're as close to a full roster as as we've had and and that was by design because you know we felt like this this uh, this draft was okay we felt like free agency was okay but you know, as we go into this this off season, it's it seems to be that most teams, and it it can change in a minute. And so I'm not going to be held, you know, accountable if it doesn't go this way. But it seems like the trade market will be uh, uh, the way that teams really try to improve their uh, chances in in the short term. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate the time. That's Kevin Pritchard, president of the Indiana Pacers. Going to be a busy offseason. Sounds like he's looking forward to it. I would assume that the offseason is probably more fun for Kevin than the regular season. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent, bright and early, 8 o'clock on Facebook Live. And then immediately thereafter, it's a show so nice we do it twice. We do it on Periscope and Twitter as well. Cannot wait to talk to you then. Straight up, 8 o'clock on Facebook, 8.15 on Periscope and Twitter.